You're listening to The Haunting of Blind Manor After Show by Horror Movie Talk. Welcome to Oro Movie Talk Special, the haunting of the <laughs> show. On a normal episode of Horror Movie Talk, we would normally discuss one horror movie in great detail, but instead, uh, we will be discussing. Well, really, we're going to be discussing the whole series. Of yeah, Haunting we're going to be wrapping Hunter. up this whole this whole shindig in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, now we can let our true freak flags fly and let you know a little bit more about ourselves. We burp a lot. Um, they know. <laughs> they know. Uh, so uh, your hosts today, as always, are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day. That's me, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. So without further ado, let's wrap up this season of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, man... I did not expect what this was at all. It, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it coming so into close it, to home. Coming into it, it's. Uh, I was worried that how is it going to recapture the magic of the haunting of Hill House? And the like answer so, is, it, it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does and it don't. It mm-hmm. do and it don't. I mean, it's. It's just a testament to the skill of Mike Flanagan and his his writing and just sucking Mike Flanagan dick this whole thing. We've just been like riding that thing. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> really getting on it. Yeah. Know? So I mean, he's. Oh yeah, Mike, give it to me, baby. So I mean. It's just hard not to praise him because everything he's so consistently good. Like there's, uh, I'm sure there's people that it's not their bag, but you would be kind of crazy to think that it's not at least high quality stuff and like high quality storytelling. Um, but yeah, I think it, it succeeds in matching the level of the haunting of Hill house. Like, I think it's as good in a different way. It's hard. It's hard to compare them. Yeah. They're not terribly comparable. Um, I don't know. I think they're comparable. You keep saying that they're not comparable and it's a completely different thing. And I, I, I tend to disagree. I think it's very similar in the, the feeling and tone. Um, like he said in the, in his like little letter to everyone, like it's a different, um, goal, which the Haunting of Hill House is a lot more about, um, family relationships and family drama and like the, the, 
the uh, well, they, effect of loss. I guess what I'm trying to say is they come off as almost two totally different genres to me. Um, the vibe I get from Hill House is much spookier. It's much more of a, a scary, um, very typical kind of horror uh, genre. And this is much more tragedy and love um, and less less um, uh, less focus on the scares, more focus on the relationships. Yeah, but I mean, the scares are there. I mean, I'm not saying they're maybe not. not. Maybe I'm, not. I'm as... not saying they're not. I'm just saying it's a lot. It's it's toned down quite a bit. Well, I mean, they, they might not be as frequent, but I don't think they're toned down. Like there's there's a lot of great moments in this there series. Are, I'm not saying there isn't, but if you were to hold them up next to each other, one is very scary, and mm. this is this is not so much. It has moments, right. sure, right. but um, and yeah. that's that's really what I'm trying to say is they strike me as different genres almost. Yeah, I mean the. I mean, I guess that's that's how I received the haunting of Hill House is probably a little different. That, like, the great part about it and the start, the part that sticks with me is the the tragedy, yeah, and the emotion and the character study and like all that stuff is like those are the main features. Okay, for see, me. so for the for me, the haunting of Hill House, those were icing on the cake, right? Yeah, they were. The, it was great that it did those things. But man, it kept me on my toes in terms of being scared, and that was what I was what I got mm. out of the series most. I still remember like the crooked man coming into that right. room, like, I yeah. was like when he was hiding under the bed. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and uh, and it was just a very scary house to right. be in, right? Um, and so yeah, that it was icing on the cake that it, it had all this great story right, along right. with it, like yeah. that was. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah, that's probably the difference is just how the the part that that was most impactful to you was the or just like the prevalent prevalent is the the scares, and yeah, the, definitely it's a lot. Even the scares in this one that do happen, they're a lot more subtle. It's not it's not really overt. There's a couple that are like literal jump scares and jumping out at you, yeah. but most of them are like. It's more about the haunting and seeing stuff or hearing stuff that goes creak in the night. Yeah. In this, I mean, a decent amount of the ghosts aren't even nefarious, really. I mean, they're nefarious in the way another person would be nefarious. They're just hanging around. Yeah. They're they're like, hey, can you let me into your body, please? And it's like, yeah, that's spook, quote unquote, spooky, but it's not. I'm going to grab your feet and eat your, you know, right. eat your fucking nuts off. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God, he's going to eat my fucking nuts off. I love my nuts. <laughs> I don't remember that part of Hill House. It happened in the basement. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of I, I think it's a a um, worthy. Oh, yeah. Second season to The Haunting of Hill House. And it's really different. Um, but same in, in a lot of ways. And I think, uh, people that enjoyed the haunting of Hill house are really going to enjoy this series. Which character did you empathize the most with in Bly Manor? Um, which storyline or set of characters were you just like really dialed into? I mean, the only real, 
um, sympathetic characters are Hannah Owen and Danny. Like they're, they're like the ones where it's like really underlining the, the tragedy or the, you know, the, the experience that they went through. Um, a lot of the others are just kind of innocent. Like the children are just innocent. Like you can feel see, for them, but it's not. See, for me, it was Flora the whole time. Really? I, I was just, I I just see my daughters in her, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I just, I mean, that's a huge worry for me. Right. Like. That they're going to get inhabited by ghosts? No, that. Oh, it's scary to even say this out loud. Like, it's really, it. I don't. I don't like, I don't like, like, intoning this kind of stuff, uh-huh. but it's, it's a real fear that I'll die mm. and leave my daughters in a place of, like, real, like, I, I want my daddy kind of thing. Mm. And, um, because that happened to a friend of mine where, you know, he was just mowing the yard one day and, and a freak accident happened and a branch fell on him and, he fucking died and he left Jeez. two little girls, two little girls. And they, they were just little girls mm. and, uh, and it crushed me to see them, mm. um, you know, mourning the loss of their dad, who is you know, 40. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, it's so scary to me to think that I could just leave the house today and, and, uh, and so that, and Flora was in that spot, you know, mm-hmm. she was, she was in that spot where I'm really scared of that mm. happening to somebody I love. And, and it's, a, it's not a reasonable fear, right? Because th- number one, you'd have no control over that. Mm-hmm. Number two, it, it wouldn't even be happening to me. It'd be happening. Well, it'd be happening. It'd be worse than happening to me. Mm-hmm. It'd be happening to somebody right. who I hold most dear. And so let's <clears throat> just knock on wood real quick. Yeah, <laughs> because, um, yeah. And so that's, that's how I empathized was just, I was just like waiting for Flora to come on screen and to, and she handled it so well, um, which little kids do, you know, I mean, they mm-hmm. have no choice cause they have no, they have no yeah. context, you know, yeah, like, for them, this is just reality. This is just, this is just normal. Yeah. For my daughter, who's four now just turned four, you know, she just lost one of her two grandmas mm. and She's just like, yeah, it's sad. And 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 no real understanding yeah. behind saying that. It's just like, this is the thing that my parents tell me, and so right. it is. Well, uh, I mean, someday she might get another grandma. You never know. I suppose that's true. <laughs> no, it happened to my wife, you know. Um, her, her grandfather, when she was... Well, about mm-hmm. my daughter's age, uh, lost her grandma and she got a new grandma and then I think she got another grandma after that. Uh, yeah. G- Jim. Hey, grandmas are a dime a dozen. I don't, I wouldn't worry about Flora too much. <laughs> uh, they're not, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, and who, who, I think, I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Who did you find the most? reprehensible who is the most reprehensible character oh peter peter by, yeah. by a mile that's that's for you that's definitely yeah. true i mean viola was like i mean lady of the lake yeah you get the sense of 
they're not good people and they're rageful and you know but really her murdering people is not even really a person it's a husk yeah it's a it's it's now become just uh, i mean there's a built-in excuse which is she's yeah she's no longer her it's right. it's like it's just something else it's just a rageful hate yeah peter is straight up a sociopath that like is preying on people for his own benefit right and even the the parts where you see like what made him what monsters in his past influenced him to be this broken person even then like yeah you feel really sorry but you feel sorry for like the child peter not current peter you know you feel sorry for that someone has to go through that but also fuck that guy it's interesting it's interesting because like i should be on board with you because Peter reminds me a lot of my dad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Henry also reminds me a lot of my dad. Because mm. my dad was an alcoholic. And I, I think I think for a lot of the series, I really disliked Henry. Mm. Because it was like, oh, for so many reasons. <laughs> it's like, okay, he cheats on, he cheats on his brother with his brother's wife. He makes his brother a cuck. Makes his brother a cuck. He he becomes this husk of a person that his brother tells him who he is. And right. he, he just loses himself in the bottle for years. Mm-hmm. He's got a daughter who needs a father figure and he can't even fucking nut up to mm-hmm. like head over there and be like, uh, you know, like a meaningful person in, in these kids lives. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's he's so that that ghost of himself that he sees, you know, right. that like smiling, smirking piece of shit. Right. And, uh, and there's something about letting yourself go to substances that, I mean, it's, you know, it's pitiful and it's mm-hmm. sad and it's, it's a sickness for sure. But also there's an element of the same thing with, with Peter, you're doing this at this point, you're responsible enough to, to know better, know better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a case for for uh, Henry being a huge piece of shit. And I think it's just they make him more sympathetic to where yeah. there's um he's being haunted and by his guilt and by his loss, yeah. you know, that what a weird place to be in to like I had an affair with my brother's wife and they both died, so I'm mourning the loss of my lover, my lover, and my someone, brother, someone that I love. I love both of them as family, but also as someone I can fuck, and that's I mean how I consider love really. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the oh, so he's like tormented by guilt, and and really why he's distancing himself is because his brother banished him. You know, he said like I don't want you part of my kids lives at all like yeah. you're you're out so he's he's suffering and in a certain way he's like banished he's <laughs> he's doing something noble in in separating himself completely from them but yeah. also it's very convenient um to not have to confront what you've done and that's like the the element of like the the darker side of himself. yeah in my in like okay so to speak to that a little bit you're you're right like but it only holds true if his brother is alive, right? Oh, I don't you're know. you're banished. 
you're banished from seeing my family, my wife, my kids ever again. Uh, because the inference is they got me. Mm-hmm. But as soon as as soon as he dies, um, I think you have to reevaluate and go, oh, these kids need a somebody mm-hmm. and I'm somebody. I mean, they he makes sure that they're taken care of. He does, but not. I mean, obviously not mentally. Like they they could sure use. They miss him. They miss Uncle Henry. And, sure, and um, and he's not there for them. But I mean, in this world, in this world, ghosts can murder you. So if he knows that his brother doesn't want him to be a father to Flora, then you know he could get murdered by his brother. Well, assuming he knew that ghosts were real, but I think we're going. I mean, I think we've jumped the shark sure. at this point. Sure. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean. Henry is definitely a very interesting character, and, and you turn a corner on him eventually. Yeah, uh, Peter, not so. He's he's barely remorseful, and he's like just a uh, sorry, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, like that's basically what you get from Peter. Yeah, um, I mean they're they're two sides of the same coin, kind of. It's just one of them turns a corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I wish I I wish I really empathized and cared about Danny more. I know I didn't. She wasn't like super compelling to me because most of it she's just uh an observer what a beautiful actress she's so pretty and and she did a really good job of she did a really good job of being composed of like like being the strong one kind mm-hmm. of throughout the series for the kids yeah and then you know fi- making the ultimate sacrifice yeah. You know, like giving herself away so that so that the kids could have a life, you know? Yeah. Everybody could have a life, really. Yeah. I don't... And she obviously didn't know she was necessarily, like, freeing everyone from the anchor of Bly when she was doing it. But still, it was... I mean, it's what happened. Was there anything that wasn't tied up nicely for you? I, I have one issue, and it's not huge, but... Anything that wasn't tied up. Here, I'll share mine while you while you think. I they early in the series, the first couple episodes, they made a few allusions to to how the parents died. They yeah. were like, "Oh, no way it happened." Yeah, and a couple times, and I was like, "Jesus, what happened? What? Where? I want like this mm-hmm. sounds kind of scandalous. Like maybe they were at a." A swingers convention gone wrong or something mm-hmm. like that. Something really tawdry or weird. Or, mm-hmm. But they never got to it. And I was like... No, they did. Oh, they did? Yeah, How- they they died in India. They were on a trip in India and there was a car accident. Oh, well, shit. How'd I miss that? I don't know. Well, then that's... Then never mind. I guess they... Yeah, they that, was, that was in the episode with Henry. The Henry-focused episode because oh, he gets the call. That was even my episode. It was your episode. I don't even remember that. Um, so... Yeah, what what was your favorite relationship in the show? Oh, I mean that's You see, it depends on it depends on where we're at in the series, right? So the first couple episodes, um, you know, maybe up to 4 or 5, I really enjoyed the the cute flirtations between Hannah and Owen. Like but then, I mean, you know, once the the, the real relationship is obviously Danny and and uh Jamie, I, they were just the way this, you know, we said it in episode 10 or episode nine or, or after show on episode nine, but I really enjoyed the way they handled, um, the same sex relationship between 
Jamie and Danny because it was just so it was just like not a deal. Mm. It was not a big deal. And they loved each other so much. And it was it was sweet how they interacted. You know, she put her she put the ring in a at the bottom of a a plant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the, in the roots of a planter and let Jamie find it. And she's like, look, I don't care if we can't legally get married because it's the late 80s, early 90s. And that's not a thing yet. All that matters to me is, you know, we, you know, you have a ring and you wear it and I have it and we're committed to each other. And, and that was, it was a beautiful relationship from beginning to end. Kind yeah. of like, uh, they are two kind of broken, hurt people. And that's how everybody is. You know, everybody's broken mm-hmm. and hurt until mm-hmm. you find, until you find the person who can kind of, it's weird. Like, mm-hmm. and this, this show got me thinking about relationships and like how, quote unquote romantic relationships but really just relationships um with significant others work which is like you're not really a full person Mm -hmm. i mean i wasn't Mm -hmm. uh i shouldn't say you because it's generalizing and there's gonna be somebody out there who's like hey fuck you i'm a full person but Mm -hmm. i'll tell you i was not a full person and i didn't even know it right until i got carrie and and she completes me you know she's Mm -hmm. She fills out all the bad spots, all the spots that I'm deficient in, she fills out. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have any deficiencies, so mm. I don't do anything for her. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I, uh, I feel very similar. Like, I feel like I'm pretty introverted and independent, and I could probably live as a hermit my mm-hmm. whole life. Like, I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I think you could, too. You could oh, go yeah. out into the woods and be fine. Um, but... I'm just surprised at how much more fulfilling and and uh, rich my life is with my wife and my kids. Yeah. Like, it's just not, would not be comprehensible to me as a 20-year-old. Like, what, right. like, yeah, well, yeah, you get a wife and kids, like, yeah, that's like cookie cutter, you know, yeah. go down the path. Like, yeah, It's so easy to get a to pigeonhole, to, to, to a fucking pigeonhole this portion of of life that's actually very fulfilling yeah and you know it's weird when you come across people that are like adamantly anti having children yeah just like okay i get it like and i re you know i respect your decision and you know i don't want to say like oh well you're gonna want to have kids because you know i don't know everyone and everyone has their own choice and yeah but they don't they also don't understand the richness that comes with having children. Like, yeah. My brother, my brother, I mean, you, you, you knew me before I had kids and when I was still a little bit that way, I wasn't uh-huh. as much as I was in my twenties, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but still I was kind of like, I don't want kids. And that energy came from like a fear of knowing how I was as a kid. Right. Like I was no, a I, horrific I, kid. I remember the fear that you had with your first of just, I mean, there's a lot of fearful moments of, of having kids, but yeah. this is just kind of generally like, I don't know how this kid's going to be. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that was a real fear for me. Cause I remember being such a shit and, uh, and just being like, I don't want to bring a shit into the world. Um, but then, you know, you, you said some things and then my brother said, uh, something that really stuck with me, which was he's, he's like, how, how do people how do people describe having kids, the experience of having kids? And I'm like, Oh, pretty universally. They're like, it's great. And he's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think about that? And I was like, well, I mean, they could easily be lying. You know, I mean, because they made a huge mistake, they're pot committed. Mm, right, right. It's and cognitive dissonance. It's, and they're pot, they're pot committed now and they have to, they have, they can't own their shitty mistake. And he's like, all of them, all of them, all these people who had kids universally think that it's a, mm. sh- re- really think that it's a shitty experience and they're just lying to cover it up. Right. I'm like, oh. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, you don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Having, having kids is also, you know, also one of the worst experiences in your life well, in a, a lot of ways. It's, a, it's not w- the worst. It's just a hassle. Right. I mean, in terms Mostly of. Mostly it's the biggest hassle you'll ever go through. Well, in terms of like heartache and, and like terror and worry and, and bad things that can, you know, enter your life. Like, yeah, I mean, your kids bring in a whole new dimension of like misery yeah it's like chopping an arm off mm-hmm. giving it to someone and being like take care of that fucking thing right you take care of that because it's a piece of you that's out there in the world that you can't control right kind of yeah and you're like uh, so it's like ash i hope, I hope they, when he cuts off his hand i hope just they, go screaming yeah. off yeah 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 and you just hope that the world treats that piece of you okay and you know it's not gonna yeah because nobody gets out alive or or without scratches you know but but that's part of the beauty of life and and this this show really did a great job of like portraying that richness yeah yes more so i think than the hill house yeah my favorite relationship was owen's relationship with puns (laughs) he's truly committed yeah just absolutely committed to puns yeah he sure was yeah um, I mean, should we give it a score? Do you think we should give it like a uh, one out of ten thing? I guess. I, I guess. Sure, it can't hurt. Yeah. What do you What are you putting it at? I mean, ten out of ten. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't either. Um. In terms of, I mean, it it made me cry. Oh yeah, no, it made I me, mean, like, it's obviously it's, it's it's obviously a ten out of ten. Uh, I think that's pr- that's I think anyway. But but uh, I'm trying to think of how shows, you know, how movies go down in history is you know they make a tremendous impact. You mm-hmm. know, and, and shows it's not it's not different, but it's not as forgiving uh, as it is with movies because movies are a package deal. You know and you can, you know, there are big movies, but there's not a lot of huge, you know, there's like Seinfeld, there's like Breaking Bad, there's The Simpsons. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird because I think TV is a little more forgiving because you have more material and like you can have more lulls that can be overlooked, you know? Mm. Um, movies are more of a monument yeah. And like they, they stand alone and it's like one thing and TV series, like it's a whole through line and it's, you have to look at the whole as well as like each individual part. And then you can get shows that kind of like start great and then kind of fuck themselves mm. like a little bit, Yeah, which this is so short that it can't really do that. Right. Um, I mean, it, it could, but it didn't. Right. Uh, you know, like Dexter is the first one that comes to mind, right. which is like, yeah. Wow, what a show, what a show. And then it just kind of like just drops off a cliff yeah, and you're like... Like jump 15 sharks. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, well, this is dumb. It's, it's, yeah. better, it's, better, to, it's better to quit while you're ahead. That, that is the most um, 
damning thing that I can think of for a TV series is if I was super into it and then I just stopped and don't care about watching the last seasons. Like that's pretty damning. And I mean, I did that with X-Files. X-Files was my absolute favorite show. And I don't think I saw every episode in the last season after Duchovny left because why bother? But I mean, now that I've revisited it, like, the majority of those episodes are great. That like, is a long series to revisit. Yeah. How long did that take you? A while. Yeah. See, because I'm working my way through Next Generation episode by episode. Right. I'm probably getting close to a year now, you know, because I'll watch four to five episodes a week. Yeah, you know, the seasons are have a ton of episodes. I know. This is one of my problems with shows now, which is 10 episodes is quantifies an entire season almost yeah. all the, always. Even for like small shows like 20 minute shows. Yeah. It was like it used to be like 24 to 30 episodes a season. Yeah, of 45 to 50 minute long episodes. Right. Yeah, like huge X-Files, Star Trek like yeah. Yeah. Um so I, I don't know this 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 is is an interesting format and I hope they keep it up. I kind of doubt they will. I think this is probably the end of the haunting series. Um, I mean, it'll be hard because it's, I say that because of the thing you read, because of the thing you read from Flanagan, which is like, I'm adapted Hill house. Now I'm adapting the turn of the screw. And these were the two, and and the way he set it up was these are the two big, right? uh, These these are the only pieces of horror in the last century to like, not that there aren't great horror pieces before this. Yeah, I mean, fucking Dracula, definitely gothic horror. I mean, I think he could go on as long as he wants to, and I think they'd be high quality. There's plenty of material to adapt in terms of like, oh yeah, haunted house stories or. Do you think he'll adapt, or do you think he'll come up with something new? Oh, he'll adapt. Okay. I mean, that's like the series. That's what it is. But it it might not be like... Um, what would you like to see? I feel like you could make a series out of like Edgar Allan Poe Ooh. material. You yeah, could make a series out of like... I'd love um, to see a Frankenstein thing. Frankenstein or... Frankenstein. <laughs> um, I mean, he's done Stephen King stuff before. Oh, like yeah. He could do a Stephen King thing. Oh, Dark Castle? Oh, man. I don't know if you could adapt Dark Castle. That might be... Isn't it Dark Tower? Dark Tower, yeah. That might be a tall order. What are you talking about? They put out a great movie. Yeah, but... For the Dark Dark Tower. A great movie, was it? Or was it just about every single Stephen King adaptation minus The Shining? (laughs) Well, there's good Stephen King I like how the one... I like how the one... Stephen King adaptation that's actually fucking spectacular. Stephen King's like, fuck that. Kubrick? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I get Shawshank it. Redemption. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got Green Ger- Mile. Gerald's Game. Green Mile. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Gerald's Game is an adaptation? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Um, Of of a Stephen King uh-huh. yeah. novel? Okay. Was and, it of the same name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh misery. misery! Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, Dreamcatcher, <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Knockers. Uh, Have you seen Tommy Knockers? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, oh, oh, Langoliers, Langoliers. Yeah, The Stand. It. 
the new one, not mm-hmm. the old one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think there's stuff that you could adapt. I, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing that's most interesting is like what what could he do next, and like what could he be passionate about? I think that's the the thing that sets it apart is like he sounds like he's got to be passionate about it and have like enough. Well, he's clearly about a, it. He's clearly a King fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, it wouldn't be. I don't think there's any like Stephen King through story that's like. I mean, there there's a lot of interconnections and stuff, but I don't think like you could do a adaptation where it's like kind of a family or a group of people in one spot. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Flanagan does next. Um, I think if anything that would, if there's anything that would keep this from having another season, it'd be Netflix. Netflix sometimes kind of just drop shows that it has, that it deems it has enough of. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't care if people love it or there's, well, I don't know. I think it it cares about if people love it, but um, like if it's not like a roaring success, if there's just like a really loyal following, there would be like, all right, they've got enough. It's not a bad move. It's the BBC. It's the BBC model, which is like, don't let it get stale. Yeah. Um, which is fine by me. Except uh, for Doctor Who, I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Well, no, I mean, they, they switch it up enough to, yeah. But sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in any case, um, I, I did enjoy The Haunting of Bly Manor quite a bit. And um, thank you guys for uh, for joining us for it. You guys should definitely... Um, you know, if, if you enjoyed this series, uh, we did it for free. You know, you got it. You got it mm-hmm. um, without without strings attached or anything like that. And uh, man, it has been a lot of extra time and effort on our part. I was just about to ask you, do you feel like kind of burnt out from this yet? And theoretically, we haven't even recorded any interviews yet. Yeah. God willing. Um, yeah. I haven't even started editing yet. Um, any well, of my episodes. It's, they're pretty easy to edit, yeah. but... But if you guys want to support us, all that to say, if you want to support us by heading over to our Patreon and becoming a, a patron, we got a bunch of extra bonus content over there. Um, we got a bunch of free episodes, you know, two, two, more than two years worth of weekly episodes of Horror Movie Talk where we review a movie every week and um, and a lot of fun there, a lot of memes. We have a bunch of great fucking listeners and a really strong community on, on Facebook. You know, we're, we're small, but... Um, Man, it's just been growing so quickly. I, I'm, I've been so thankful for, for everybody who comes out and, and listens to uh, to horror movie talk. So mm-hmm. you should definitely subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. You know, uh, subs- all that good stuff. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube uh, because that's a great fail safe for the rare occasion when an episode doesn't post properly. It'll always be there on on YouTube for you mm-hmm. to check it out. So. Can you think of anything to add to all this? Um, As always, thank you to Dustin yeah. Goebel, D Goebel 00. That's D G O E B E L 00 on Instagram and Maxwell.r.allen on Instagram. Uh, Maxwell uh, did the uh, the intro music and Kitty did the her. That's her beautiful voice at mm-hmm. the start of this thing and dustin of course does artwork for our weekly episodes yeah so it's nice i mean this was our uh attempt at making like a little special series we'll see how it does i'm kind of excited about it yeah i mean it's definitely the equivalent to the work of 
twice as many episodes a month, you know? It is. It is. And maybe slightly more. We'll see. Like, I think two episodes are equivalent to one episode. Seems and like And there's it. nine yeah. or ten. Well, but we haven't even recorded the interviews yet. Yeah. Man. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. All right. All right. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Join us on our weekly episodes of Horror Movie Talk. Have a great Halloween, and we love you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Paganism, the religion that worships Judic.